Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text is the third reading that you heard from John chapter 20. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, especially John and Patty, Tricia and Michael, Miles, Chandler, Drake, Sarah, Hannah, Ellie, Rod and Judy, Archie and Bev, Lisa, Jay and Cheryl, Michael and Lorna, and Catherine. In the text, there he is, the crucified, but freshly risen from the dead on the third day, wounds still showing Jesus. In the midst of his beloved disciples who have suffered such profound pain and loss, on a Friday we now call good, when Jesus so brutally was put to death on the cross. They feel like they've lost absolutely everything, and they're not so sure about what comes next, and so they are deeply, deeply afraid. Like you and me, who on Tuesday lost a son, a brother, a grandson, a nephew, and a good friend, Cody Michael. The little congregation in John 20 in the upper room is chock full of sinners, just like you and me, and all gathered here today. Peter, with his cowardly threefold denial. The rest of them, they all ran off. And you know all your sin. What does one say at a time like this? The disciples, they're speechless, of course, and perhaps you are too, in your aching, hurting, and your tears. But not the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes into our midst today like he did in John 20. And when he speaks to them and to us in this profound time of loss and distress, he does not speak of revenge, payback, or retaliation. Just the opposite. He says, peace be with you. <laughs> he is at peace with them. All is right, justified. With the words, peace be with you, he absolves them. He forgives them. That's how Jesus deals with sinners. And then he shows them his Good Friday wounds. It's from there that the peace and the forgiveness comes. Jesus, you remember in the New Testament, told them over and over again that he would suffer, die, and then on the third day be raised from the dead. But they were slow to believe. But now they see him and they are glad when they see the Lord. But then in the text, Jesus gives them another, peace be with you. <laughs> forgiveness upon forgiveness, piling it on, you can say, for emphasis, just in case they find it too hard to believe. He would forgive even me of all my sin, even against him? Well, of course, he forgives even the denier, Peter. That's his cup of tea. Remember, brothers and sisters, how he forgave an adulterer and a murderer named King David. How he converted and forgave a zealous and ruthless persecutor of the church. Remember his name? Saul, who became Paul. So there is no doubt, then, that he Good Friday died for all of you as well. His words, peace be with you, convey and give what they say. Talk may be cheap among us, especially in sorrowful times like this, but not when Son of God Jesus speaks. He is the Word, after all, who created and ordered all things. And so his words of peace come at a Good Friday price. Do you see his wounds, his hands, his feet, his side? I can't help myself. 
But Isaiah preached it this way, by his wounds, we are healed. Those Good Friday wounds are your peace, your healing, your source of forgiveness. Jesus, oh, it's marvelous. Isaiah kept preaching Jesus, listen carefully, he was <clears throat> wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Christ's Good Friday forgiveness, that's what Christianity is all about, sins forgiven. Jesus says so in the text, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, they are not forgiven. So I repeat, Good Friday forgiveness of Jesus is the gift of his resurrection. What was won on the cross gets packaged for delivery. Forgiveness won for all on Calvary then is forgiveness delivered by the speaking of forgiveness by me or by any other brother or sister in Christ. Or not. Sins can be retained. Forgiveness can be withheld. Like when someone says, well, I don't need your Jesus and I don't want his forgiveness. So be it. If that's what you want. But that's not what Jesus wants. He wills that you be forgiven. Not just one time for all time, but all times in the one time of his Good Friday death for all of you. Faith comes by hearing, you know, and so Jesus has arranged for your hearing. How do you know for certain that you're forgiven? You just heard it. I just told you as Christ's ambassador. And now... You remember that Thomas was not there when all that was going on. He skipped out on church that day. We don't know why. The text doesn't say. But his fellow disciples go and find him. Thank God they did that at least. <laughs> and you know in the text it says it quite clearly that initially Thomas does not believe. He wants some hard evidence. He wants to believe on his own terms. Does that sound familiar? Sound like somebody you know? Cody Michael wasn't the first to struggle with this. And Cody Michael and I talked about this often, many times on the phone, and usually at the oddest of times, usually when I was the busiest. <laughs> and quite a few times in the Parsonage living room with a hot beverage in hand, strong black coffee, I'm very thankful that I was able to have those blunt conversations with Cody Michael, just like I'm having with all of you right now. In Sunday school, we all learned to call Thomas what? Doubting Thomas. Well, everyone has doubts. Doubt goes with believing things that you can't see. But according to the text, Thomas isn't doubting Thomas. He is Faithless Thomas, the Greek is apistos, which means no faith. Jesus says that in the text. It was faithless for Thomas not to be in church that previous Sunday. And it was faithless for Thomas not to believe the word of the disciples in view of what Jesus had said. Jesus told them, Thomas included many times, that he would suffer, die, and rise on the third day. But Thomas did not believe the word of the Lord Jesus He wants to see. He wants to touch. 
So I suppose Thomas is a true person from Missouri, if I can be an anachronistic. You know, the state motto for Missouri is the show me state. Seeing is believing, right? Well, no, it's not. Seeing is seeing, the opposite of believing. Believing is trusting what you cannot see or touch. Thomas, oh, he's the scientific skeptic. He wants to do the measurements. He wants to size up the wounds. He wants to see and touch them. He wants to do a CSI New Orleans investigation on the body of Jesus. And only then he says, will I believe? The next Sunday, according to the text, who's there? Well, Thomas is there, and once again, Jesus is there. He's been there all along, you know. And the words are spoken again, peace be with you. Another absolution, he's at peace with them. It's right up his alley, like I told you earlier. And then Jesus looks at Thomas in the eye and he says, do you see my hands? Hmm? Do you see my side? Go ahead, Thomas, put your finger on my wounds and put your hand in my side. That's what you wanted, right, Thomas? Notice that Jesus talks as though he'd been there when Thomas said, and said what he said earlier. Well, it's true, he'd been there. Unseen, that is. So Thomas gets what he asked for. Did he touch and feel Jesus? The text doesn't say, though every indication is, is that he did not. Why not? He didn't need to. Because he had the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was, Thomas, stop being faithless and believe. And then comes one of the most categorical and audacious confessions of faith from the mouth of Thomas, my Lord and my God. You and I, Cody Michael, we're all like Thomas, skeptical, scientific, faithless. The word isn't enough for us. We want clinchers, we want proofs, we want something that we can see and touch with our hands. That's the old Adam at work in us, our sinful flesh at work, that's the devil. When the devil says, does God really say? But I'm here to tell all of you, like I told Cody time after time, you have the word of the eyewitnesses that saw the risen Christ. You have the testimony of the Holy Spirit. What more do you need? But the old Adam always seems to want more on his terms, wants to listen to science only. Be given a sign, a vision, a something, or maybe the wounds. Huh. If only we could see a Jesus with, with wounds. Oh, believing would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Well, to be honest, no, it wouldn't. It's best to listen to what Jesus says in the text today and all of our lives when he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. It's as though Jesus turns from the pages of John's gospel and talks to the audience listening in, to you and me. We don't see, do we? We will never see in this life. We hear, but we do not see because faith comes by hearing, not by seeing, Romans 10. Faith is trust in the divine word, in the unseen things. We see water, but we hear the word of baptism. We see bread and wine, but we hear our Lord's word that gives body and blood. We see a fellow sinner, 
but we hear absolution and forgiveness. We see a dead body, but Jesus promises resurrection and eternal life. The eyes of faith are blind to this world. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing what you cannot see. Brothers and sisters, there are many things to see in this world, marvelous things, beautiful and wonderful things, but there are also horrible and terrifying things to see in this world. We rightly look both ways before we cross the street, at least I hope you do. We rightly lock our doors and we check our locks. We rightly go to the doctor when we're sick and we take our prescribed medications. Yeah, we can learn a lot by seeing and touching. We call that science today. But I'm here to tell you that science cannot tell you that Christ is risen, nor can it tell you that your sins are forgiven anymore, that it can determine the body of Christ in the bread and the blood of Christ in the wine, the spiritual rebirthing and renewing in the water, the justifying of the sinner before God, or your bodily resurrection on the last day. We cannot know these things by our reason, strength, or observation. God is the one who must speak his word and breathe his breath. He has he does, and he will, on the last day, when because of his promissory word, we will all be changed, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, Yes, then the saying that is written will come true, and you will see it with your eyes. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Oh, yeah, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Seriously, folks, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The peace of the Lord.